Welcome to Built from the Inside Out with Brianda Nava. As an industrial organizational psychologist, certified nutrition coach, and owner of BCN Supplements, Brianda brings you a holistic approach to health. Join us as we dive into the seven dimensions of wellness, physical, mental, spiritual, social, occupational, financial, and environmental health. Get ready for practical strategies, expert insights, and a supportive community that will empower you to thrive in every aspect of your life. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Built from the Inside Out. Today I am here with my amazing husband, Juan. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we have a special treat for you guys today. So today's topic is going to be about relationships and marriage. And we have someone very special. She was our premarital counselor, and I'm legally allowed to say that. <laughs> we want to welcome her. Uh, welcome. So she is a licensed professional counselor. She is also a Simba's uh, assessment facilitator, and she is also the counselor at New Hope Church, which is the church where we attend. Welcome. Thank you so much. I yes. appreciate you guys inviting me. I'm honored to be here and looking forward to it. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I, I hope I was able to do all that. You did <laughs> <Right>. great. Okay. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> so we can start off with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into psychology, and then how you were connected to New Hope, and then we'll go into Simbus. Okay, great. Um, uh, well, premarital counseling is one of my very favorite things to do. I mm -hmm. adore it. I adore you guys. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Um, uh, how it all began, um, I, I came in through education. Okay. I started off as a teacher for about six years. Uh, I went back and got a master's degree in counseling and, um, and did school counseling for a couple of years. And then I had my baby who just graduated high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, stayed home with her for a while. And, um, and during that time, I became involved volunteering more at the church. And, okay. um, and then once she was about three and her little brother was about one and a half, um, the church called and said, what do you think about working here? I said, okay, uh, can I, you know, can, can, we, can we do something uh, with, with what I already bring to the table? Because I had you know, worked hard on this degree, and, and mm -hmm. they were very generous to um, put me in a position where I can talk to people and give them wise counsel, hopefully wise. Um, I aim to be wise and godly in my counsel and, um, and point them to, to our hope, which is Jesus. So, um, okay. so I've been doing that since 2008. Um, I... Just recently finished my licensing, so I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I started that. Thank you. Believe it or not, I started that in 2004, and then I had that baby. So uh, she oh. and I raced to the finish line. She finished high school when I finished my uh, licensing. I had to go back and start from the beginning, basically, but it was uh, well worth it. Um, yeah. So in the middle of all of that, um, I, I have been married for 23 years. Um, we have a solid foundation, um, and a lot of it is because we did some pretty intense premarital counseling. So that's my heart. That's where it comes from is that um, we've got uh, a lot of experience in being married, and when you're going into it and you have no idea what being married looks like, you kind of need to get some ideas under your belt so that we can be ready for married life, not just the wedding day, but the lifetime. So. Yeah. yeah, and like we were talking earlier, there's some people out there who don't even know what premarital counseling is sometimes right. some people haven't even heard of it right true yeah so my my goal in premarital counseling I know mm -hmm. I've told you guys because I tell every couple my goal is to shake your tree just enough 
to get you to go, hmm, I never thought about that before. And if we aren't, we're, we're engaged and we're in love and, and nothing's ever going to go wrong in our marriage. Like, wait a minute, hold on. These are two different people raised from two different families now coming together and saying, in our family, we're going to do what I think is right, which is what my family did. And then you had a different thing. So yeah. it's kind of melding those two ideals together to what are you guys going to do in your family now? So you guys are a family of two. And you get to decide what you're going to do. So I kind of try to make you do some pre-fighting. Because <laughs> at the beginning, probably the first year and a half of, of my marriage, mm-hmm. we would refer often back to like, hey, we already talked about this in premarital counsel. Like this uh-huh. is, we already decided what we're going to do. Um, because you take the better parts of both of your family of origin mm-hmm. situation and bring those into your relationship. And then the things that you want to avoid, like, we don't want to do that again. That's how it was in my family, and I did not like that. And you can make an intentional conversation of, like, we're, we're, this is what we're going to do in our family. So, Yeah, I think that's why it was so important to me. Yeah, and yeah I, like, I was, like I said earlier, I was, I guess, ignorant to it. I, I knew what it was. I'd heard of it, but it wasn't common. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was common, so it wasn't something that I was like, oh, it's something I need to do. But it was definitely driven 100% by everybody that wanted to do it. And I was, <laughs> as soon as it came up to me, I was like, yeah, absolutely, we should do it, like, you know, we're here for the long term. We're doing this. We want this to work. Why not put ourselves in the best situation to make sure that this works? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was at the church. I was meeting with couples whose the wheels had fallen off their marriage. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness, if I could get them before <laughs> and yeah. say, you know, hey, uh, people that don't do premarital counseling, they think their problems are uh, unsolvable. They think they're atypical. Like, I, this is my person that I was in love with, and now we're fighting. So that probably means that we shouldn't be married anymore. And they jump into that, like, let's split. Like, whoa, it doesn't have to be like that. If you know ahead of time, there are going to be some bumps on the road. There are going to be some things. You've yeah. got that situation in your back history. I've got this family dynamic that could be a pattern. You know, when you have those conversations, when you're engaged and this is my beloved, I'm in, in love and nothing can go wrong. You know, when you can have those kinds of conversations, then you, you have a real conversation and the depth of your relationship just gets that much more cemented, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Glad to be able to help couples to kind of un- unveil some of that stuff. Like it's it's and not usually the this is what we talk about when we go on a date, you know. But yeah. we can talk about it in premarital counseling. <laughs> yeah, it does go deeper. I've really yeah. liked the Simbus assessment. I had never heard of it before. I yeah. had heard of premarital counseling, but I hadn't heard of Simbus. And I really loved how it you take the assessment separately, yes. and then mm-hmm. it will tell you your personality yes. and how your personality goes with his personality. Yes. So how so, did you guys, yeah. Yeah, so Simba, Simba stands for Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a husband and wife uh, team. They're based in Seattle. They've written a lot of books, and they did a lot of research with couples that were succeeding in marriage, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? And um, they, they Simba's report is research-based, so they did thousands of, thousands of questionnaires of other, other couples. Um, so when you answered your your Simba assessment questions. It populated a report um, that we basically go over page by page, like, hey, did, did you know this? My, my prayer is always, I want you to learn a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Sometimes it's revealing, like, ooh, that yeah. is me. I didn't realize that about myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want you to learn some things about your, your fiancé, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I didn't know that. Or maybe I was suspicious of that, or I kind of have, have caught that vibe before, but I wasn't really sure. Like, I want you to learn about each other a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want you to learn about, like, marriage. And, and this was God's design. He, he wanted us to have a, a partner that we have a, for a lifetime. You know, I think yeah. a lot of pre-married couples are 
planning on the wedding day, and they're so in, engaged with that. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about that one day. Well, that's great. That's a fantastic and beautiful event. But that's one day of your life, an expensive day. And yeah. then you have the, your lifetime together after that. So let's prepare for the marriage, too, not just for the wedding day. So that was, yeah. that's kind of one of my motivators. Like, the mm-hmm. wedding is beautiful, but also the day after and forevermore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We work on that. So saving your marriage before it starts. Um, really appreciate that they did that. I believe they came out in somewhere in the mid-teens, and I jumped in to facilitate in 2017. So that was okay. my first time. Um, I've been through it with, I looked again, I've been through it with 84 couples so far over the years. I know. So I'm like, that's 84 more people that don't have, or or twice as many, don't have to come through the divorce recovery. (laughs) Yay. Uh, When you expect, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, I I know this going in. I know how to fight fair. I know how to communicate. I know, I know what you, how you experience love. You know, when you, when you get those conversations um, in premarital counseling, then, then you have a better way to relate. After you, after something real happens, like he squeezes the toothpaste tube wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Wait a minute, we yeah. already talked about this. So. Yeah, and that's so important because a lot of people, all they know about marriage is their parents' example. Yes, mm-hmm. and then sometimes yes. that wasn't a good example, so then they yes. bring that into their relationship. Yes, I I, re- I brought you some stats. Um, okay. uh, this is from from the Simbus authors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they said eighty seven percent of young adults plan to be married eventually. So if they're not married yet, they're planning to be married 87%. Mm-hmm. And 82% of those expect to be married for life. And that's despite the crazy high divorce rate that most of them have witnessed up close and personal. Either one or the other, many times they've experienced divorce in their own family. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we know marriage is meant to be for life. And um, and 76% of married couples say they wish they had some kind of premarital counseling <laughs> um, because then you can see your problems as like, okay, everyone experiences problems. It's a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to say um, if you get on a roller coaster ride with your fiancé and you just buckle in and go, this is for life, let's do this. You might not know how crazy the roller coaster ride is, the ups, downs, twist turns, loop de loops. You might not know all that going in, but you're buckled in. You're in this thing together. It's me and you against the world. Let's have fun when it's fun. Let's be scared when it's scary. Let's do this together. If it gets messy and and we look at each other and go, this is not fun anymore. Okay, wait, but we're in this together. No one unbuckles their seatbelt in the middle of the roller coaster ride. You just don't yeah. do that. That would be crazy. So if we're in this thing together, wherever it goes, wherever life takes us, we're ready for it because we got, at least we got one partner in crime and that's each other. <laughs> and, I like that. And God, you know, God, God, the foundation of everything. But yes. um, anyhow, I, I, we can do anything. It's if it's me and you against the world, we can do anything. So I think pre-marriage counseling helps a lot for that. Absolutely. Prior yeah. to that, what are you? You're just, I'm me and I'm taking care of me and I'm being, I'm being a uh, grown up now, which might mean I have independence from my parents or it might not. It might mean mm-hmm. I'm still reliant on my parents and I go from relying on my parents to relying on, on my spouse. And if I have no idea what that's supposed to look like other than what rom-com movies tell us, it's <laughs> 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 not always reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyhow. I like that that's Christian based. Yes. 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 And it's um, as research based and definitely mm-hmm. um, uh, biblically sound. I try to, mm-hmm. I try to work in a lot of my own examples and um, and you know here's here's how this has worked in my family or I've seen other families do this really well, um, but definitely founded on God's design for marriage and and that we were mm-hmm. supposed to be for life. This is this is my partner. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I like that it makes you talk about 
things that could go wrong or how you would handle something. Right, right. Because then I feel it's also important, even before you get to premarital counseling, to talk about certain topics and then decide if, is this a deal breaker for me or is right. it not? Mm-hmm. Right. And Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like Juan and I did that. We talked a lot about, because I love psychology, mm-hmm. so I like like to read a lot of things. And I was like, okay, this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay, no deal breakers. He's not perfect, but <laughs> no deal breakers. I said I was perfect. <laughs> and I think that's it. We we When we are heart eyes engaged, we think this is the perfect person. And then mm-hmm. when the reality hits of like, oh, I married a human being and they have flaws. <laughs> yeah. They have things that get on my nerves. Um, you know, then, then you go back to, wait a minute, hold on. Um, I, I believe that um, a lot of things we can have a conversation well before it turns into a, a fight about something. So mm-hmm. yeah, if we can have that conversation in, in I, I try to kind of open the door so that couples can be aware of what's going on. And then y'all have the conversation. You don't have to have it in front of me. You just, just have a deep conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully y'all got to have some good talks yeah, <laughs> it, it, between uh, sessions. <laughs> the assessment's really good because it gets you to see them from a different point of view, right? Because like you're saying, you're it's like, love eyes you see you only see like you don't see any wrong or anything and then once you do that assessment you're like you chose that why'd you choose that yeah why'd you choose this and so you start having those conversations and it's like oh i didn't think of it that way so when something does come up a little bit later on or something like that like you're discussing something like oh you think that because this this is the way you're seeing it so instead of like you know a lot i mean we did the we also read the book we followed up with it Mm -hmm. and it's um like if there's a problem, attack the problem, not the person. Yes. Once you can understand that person, you can work together to attack the problem. Right. We're we're in this thing together. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. <sighs> and we can go ahead and get into it and okay, what all it covers. All right. Yeah. Super. Um, hmm, <laughs> I have Brianda and Juan's actual Simbus report here in front of me. Uh, <laughs> so if you were going to do Simbus, um, you would each go online. You get an invitation from a Simbus facilitator. Um, you would each go online with that code and put it in, and, and that program kind of creates this report for you. So it has things like, um, tell me a little bit about you. And I always tell people, this first page, it's not going to be a surprise to you. I think what's a surprise um, is that we do bring in so much of our family of origin. Mm-hmm. It comes with us. It just naturally comes with us, whether we're intentional and we know it, know this or surprise, I do that thing that my mom's always done, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't mean to, sorry. So we talk about family of origin there. And then when, when you're getting married and, and all those kinds of things, um, really the, the program has four basic tenets. They talk about the marriage mindset, um, your well-being, because a relationship can only be as healthy as the two individuals that are coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your context, you are not just marrying this lovely person sitting next to you, but you're marrying all of their people and you're marrying all of their baggage and all of their junk that they're bringing in, right? You're marrying all of them and everything related to them. Um, And then we talk about dynamics, which is your personality profiles. And it goes into how to fight, how to communicate, how to, um, you know, all all those different things. So um, anyhow, do you want me to to dig in? Yeah, we can yeah, <laughs> to talk about some of these. Yeah, um, uh, and, and and because it's research based, they give an aggregate score. And just shout out, you guys, back when we did this last summer, mm-hmm. y'all were high. Y'all were high marriage momentum. So yeah. if you keep doing yes. what you were doing yeah. last summer, and then you got married in March, I'm so happy for you. Go, there 
Thank, Thank you. you. Anyhow, so keep doing what you're doing. Um, uh, mindset, when, when they look at marriage mindset, they're really trying to decide if you are more of a romantic or more of a, a resolute. Um, uh, there are also mindsets like rational, like it makes sense. We should just probably get married. Or if you're restless, like I'm not really sure if we should get married or not, or if you're reluctant. If one spouse is reluctant, we really have to put a pause on everything and say, hold on a minute. What, what are we doing? Is somebody making you get married? What's happening here? So reluctant is a, is a kind of a showstopper for me. Like, hold on. Um, of those 84 couples, I would probably say maybe three or four times. We've not oh, wow. completed the program, and they decided not to get married. But for by and large, um, and I've not ever had anybody hit reluctant as their marriage mindset, but it's kind of how you think about marriage. Um, so if somebody comes in as a romantic, they usually think like, oh, this is my one and only true love, and everything's going to be rainbows and roses forever. Um, and then and then reality check, uh, you know, like, well, hold on a minute. What if things don't go right? What if something, you know, what if they get annoying to you or, or they do something that reminds you of that pesky person that you knew way back in the day or whatever, right? So that romantic mindset has to be double-checked. It is going to be a little hard work. It's not going to be a movie. Um, and, then, and then if there, someone is... Um, rational and you know, it just makes sense that we get married we're already living together we're already um we're, we're pregnant anything like that like this just is a rational next step to do like well let's put pause on that <laughs> okay. let's figure out what we're going to do here um and then there's the uh resolute mindset which is i always pitch this is this is how god intended for marriage to be mm. resolute resolute is like lockdown we're in this thing there's no take backs back door plan b exit route <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no me holding it over your head like if you don't do it my way i'm gonna throw out option to divorce that's just not even an option like divorce yeah. is off the table we don't even talk about that um and i always say my husband and i just cued that up as a cuss word. We don't say that word in our house. It's just not something we talk about. Um, because I've seen couples throw that around as like, well, we could do this, or even teasing. Like, if you do that again, I'm going to divorce you. Like, that is not a good joke. That is never a funny yeah. joke. That is heart hurt. Um, and so, words are powerful. Yes, words yeah. are huge. Um, so it, I, I like to I like for couples to know where their mindset is. Mm -hmm. And then, like, if, if a mindset can also be changed and molded, right? So okay. as we become more and more uh, growing together and more and more like we're in this thing together, more and more like God designed it to be, then we're going to probably lean towards resolute. And I always tell the romantic, don't lose your romance because you don't want to be an old married couple that's just like, we're just stuck together. <laughs> you don't want to be that. Keep the yeah. romance going. But also that idea of like, there's no, there's not an alternative till death do us part. That's the end. So if we can kind of lean towards that as our mindset towards marriage, then lots of other things like, okay, you're on my nerves about this. Okay, but you know what? In five years, this won't matter, <laughs> right? Yeah. We'll just buy two different tubes of toothpaste, and it doesn't matter how you squeeze it out. <laughs> you, you squeeze yours, I'll squeeze mine, the end. <laughs> so yeah. um, anyhow, so that's, that's kind of the overview on marriage mindset. Okay. Um, and then we talk about well-being. Um, well-being is, is really how healthy you are um, uh, with your concept of who you are. And I always tell people it's usually young marrieds that are, that are doing some of this with me. Um, and I'll tell people it was probably 40 by the time I decided that my self-concept was pretty strong. And if you didn't like me, then maybe that's a 
a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked hard to get where I am, and I'm feeling like, you know, God's called me to do this and, and be this way and say this. So um, mm-hmm. self-concept, if any young person is wavering in any way, like sometimes my self-esteem is up and down. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. You, you'll get to 40 eventually. <laughs> I claim that 40 is the, the new way to say, I am me, and, and this is how it is, and I'm proud of it. Yeah. Um, uh, then they talk about independence from parents. Um, like if you're totally reliant on mom and dad still, or um, always always warn brides to start contacting your husband instead of your dad when you need a thing. You know, you need something done around the house. Don't call your dad over while your husband's off at work because your husband's going to come home and go, I could have done that, or I could have at least watched YouTube and tried to figure it out. <laughs> we could have done this together. Let him break it before you call it. Right, right. We, call, we didn't have to call your dad. So starting to leave mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's not dishonoring to them. That's thank you for the way that you raised me, and thank you for giving me good roots. And now it's time for me to leave the nest and do this marriage thing. Um, yeah. So so really relying on your, your spouse more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two of you together and how well you are going to be in a relationship, like – uh, matters how long you've been dating. They say anybody that's been dating for less than a year probably need to get to know each other. You need to know what Christmas looks like and what birthdays look like and how they have certain rules in their family. And you don't really know that until you've known somebody for a good okay. year of dating and being around them, right? So longevity is a, a key. Um, stability, if a couple comes in with a lot of um, we have angry fights a lot and things are unresolved and, and that kind of nature and things are um, uh, bumpy already, then that really doesn't bode well for a future. Like if, we, if we're if we in love and everything's good right now, then I'm going to make you fight a little bit because you wanted to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you're already fighting coming in, like oh, if you can't even agree on some basic things, then maybe we need to put a pause on that. Um, and then similarity, because Simbus is a Christian, um, they're, not, they're not forwardly like in-your-face, Bible-beating kind of Christian thing. Um, They wait until the end and say, so let's talk about marriage, and let's talk about what you think God's design for marriage was, and should married couples agree to go to church together? Should they pray together? Should they serve together? Should they, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end, it says all these um, faith-based questions that as a facilitator, if I'm not sure where you land in faith, we can end up landing in you know, God really thought of marriage in the first place. Mm. <laughs> this is his thing. Yeah. If we can get on his page, then um, we can we can do better for that. So how similar you are in your ideals about marriage as it relates to your faith, mm. that ha- that plays a big part. So if couples aren't having conversations about what they think about God and how they relate to, do they do they believe any of this? Is this a, uh, a God thing to be married? If, if they aren't having those conversations, then that depth is lacking. So mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of dig in a little deeper. Yeah, I like it. And I think that was one of my biggest things. I was like, I don't want to, like, no matter how great a person seems, if they don't have the same values and beliefs that I do, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's that. In my mind, that's kind of the, that's the trump card. Yeah. Because if we can, at least we fall back on that. Like, Mm -hmm. if we're, if we're married to each other and we're having a a situation where we don't feel like we can get past it, I'm going to go, wait a minute. You are my, my brother in Christ. And we we are going to pray, and we're going to seek God, and we're going to try to figure this thing out because I don't like being at odds with you. I want to be able to be on the same page with you, and maybe we just understand each other better. We don't agree, but at least we know each other, we hear each other out, and mm-hmm. and we've we've decided to have have a conversation about this instead of 
I give up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not the best solution ever. So mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah, I keeping agree. keeping God in the center is a, a big win for marriages. Yeah. And I think it also comes with like better morals and better chance of it actually lasting because yes. a lot of people who see it, and I've heard this before that now this generation, they're like practicing for divorce because they date, they break up, they date, they break mm. up. So yeah. that's what they're used to. They're like, oh, well, if he does something I don't like it, I'll just leave him. Right, Versus right, someone right. who was raised with right. different values, they're like, no, this is it. And Right. So at what point do you say, this one's the one that I'm going to stick it out with? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I thought, had not thought about it like that. We're practicing for divorce. Whew, yeah. Then even more so, we need premarital counseling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even more so. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. And, and I understand, like, if you date someone and then you realize, okay, we're not a good match. But... There's people that are just like, oh, I didn't like this, so next right. one. I didn't right. like this, right. next one. Right. Yeah. <sighs> wow. That's mm. a little mind-boggling, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I really liked it because I feel like it was very accurate. Like everything it said about our personalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes people are like, uh, no, I don't know that I agree with that. And then their their fiance be like, oh, it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> again, learning more about yourself and each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that's him. That's one of his is that he, I think he questions everything. Oh, I question everything. I don't believe <laughs> yeah. stuff right off the bat. So he had said something. What did I say? Oh, so we had said something, and I read it to him the other day, like what his was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, he's like, I don't know, because, and I was like, you just proved their point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> right there in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while, there's something that gets revealed like that, that, that is new to both people. And it's like, you know what? This is the kind of thing. I'm trying to open your eyes to who you are and who each other is, and then y'all can go have that conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I accepted it after that, so now I question stuff even more. <laughs> even, I love it. I love it. Oh. And so then, so it's so it talks about your mindset on marriage, mm-hmm. your well-being mm-hmm. as an individual, the baggage that you bring with you. Yeah. So not just not just uh, you, but also your family and your friends. And if yeah. people are like this is so awesome that you're engaged with this person. Or if they're like, oh, you really shouldn't be engaged with this person. <laughs> we yeah. might need to talk about that. Um, I challenge people to, to find someone who is not on team, I'm so happy you're getting married. Um, because people that are on team, I'm so happy to get, be getting married, they are pro you guys being together. And down the road, when you have the issue, mm-hmm. whatever it is, fill in the blank, whether it's something big or something minor. If you go to one of those people that was on team, yay for you, mm-hmm. And tell them, my spouse is terrible. They did this and they did that. And then all of a sudden, they're on team just you. Mm. And then you and your spouse, you reconcile. Everything's good between you. And then six months later, that person's like, yeah, but remember six months ago mm. when they did this terrible mm. thing? You're like, uh, I actually have forgiven them and move on. But <laughs> <laughs> you want to still be mad about that? So I, mm. I warn couples to please find somebody not on that team. Find a brother, if you're a man, find a brother in Christ. If you're if you're the wife, find a find a sister in Christ who can hear you out and not judge you or your spouse and say, you know what, I'm gonna pray for you and then I'm gonna send you back to the marriage because y'all can work this out. This is not unsolvable. You can get back in there and figure it out. But yeah. then, then you're not ruining a relationship between your spouse and somebody who adores the two of you together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I agree. Like That's I've always 
Yeah, I've always been very like about not telling my mom. Yeah. Any problems yeah. or yeah. my? We don't, we don't have problems. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> and that's not to be secretive. That's just really to protect your relationship yeah. and to right. protect your mom from bad feelings about your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Okay. Yeah. So, or like even my brother. So, if I ever do have something, and I I talked to this about about this with him when we were still just dating, and mm-hmm. I was like, if there's ever anything wrong in their relationship, like one thing that I would see, like you know, the younger generation, they'll go and talk to the opposite sex about their problems. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a no no. You never right. talk to another female about what's going on in your right. relationship. Right. And me, I I would never talk to another right. man. Right. Uh, because you just never know what their intentions that's are. Right. And that's, that's just right. asking for trouble. That's so smart. So I was like, you can go to your pastor. You can go to a counselor. That's right. who we're going to if we yeah. need to talk to someone. Agree, agree. Yeah. Um, that's been one of the cool things. Uh, I had a couple recently who came back. They were on my counseling schedule. And I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? Because they just been through Simbus probably three or four years ago. And when they sat down, I was like, okay, this is either really good or really bad. Like, where, where are we going with this? And they said, well, we started talking about family planning and we just enjoyed going through Simba so much with you. We want to hear your take on it. What do you think about this? I'm like, oh my goodness, this is great news. You know, like, <laughs> yes, I love this. Uh, so that 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 was a really fun, like, you know, uh, my, my worst case scenario brain goes, oh no, because at the end, I want to say, hey, I'm available to you. I know you, I know enough about you to say, if we want to sit down and talk and, and there's something that y'all can't figure out on your own, happy to be a third third party that's outside of the situation to say, hold on. Um, a little bit of both of you are wrong, uh, but, you know, they were so thrilling to like, okay, they, they just wanted to uh, know, what should we do about family planning? Because, uh, you know, his mom had one idea, her mom had another idea, uh, and, you know, friends are saying this. And anyway. That's so smart, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Why, why is for you to go to your same gender when you have mm-hmm. a problem? Your yes. same gender person um, who is not going to say, let's go out and have a great party and oh, consider cool. your divorce. Like, not that guy or gal. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. that one that's going to run you off to the bar and have a great time with you. The one that's going to go, hold on a minute. Uh, you knew marriage was going to be tough. Let's let's pray it up and get back in there. So Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend, and she recently got married. And she was like, I know, like, if I ever need someone to talk to, she was like, I know you have you and this other friend. She was like, because you, you two would have never told me to, like, just leave him. Like, you right. guys would sit there and, like, right. try to actually give good advice. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, somebody that's a little bit further along than you. Even if it's only a couple months. <laughs> Somebody who's been through it a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. And Simbus also talks about your finances and um, and how you relate to money and what money was like when you were a kid. That was that was a big one. Um, when couples come in for marriage um, help, like their marriage is in distress and they call the church and they need to talk to somebody, they usually present with something. They present with, here's the problem. We don't agree on our parenting. We don't agree on our... Um, uh, who's doing what around the house, we don't agree on finances, there's some kind of thing they're fighting mm-hmm. about. Um, but when we boil it back down, the real problem, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? This is your quiz. Mm-hmm. When you boil it back down on any of those things, it's that they stop talking about the thing. Uh, they're not yeah. talking about it anymore. So when, when a couple comes to me and talks about finances, okay, mm-hmm. well, prior to this big eruption of we don't have enough money, when were you talking about finances before that? Oh, we never talk about finances. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's probably the problem. When, <laughs> when you're not discussing it on a regular basis and then it becomes the taboo thing that we don't talk about, I know my spouse spends too much money, but I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to hurt their feelings. When you do those kinds of mm-hmm. behaviors to try to help each other and protect each other and the communication lines aren't open, 
then then all of a sudden we get to, oh, wait, this is not going well, and we have a major crisis on our hands. So um, so we talk about finances and, and how you're planning to do it and what it looks like and what money was like when you were a kid. I think that's huge because mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. That might not be the kind of thing that you talk about on a date night, you know, like, tell me about money when you were a child. Like, <laughs> no, usually, usually that comes in a premarital counseling kind of session. So um, that's some of the baggage that you bring with you. And then even just who does what around the house. This episode was brought to you by BCN Supplements, our all-natural supplement company. First off, we have our hydrolyzed collagen. This is a four-in-one. It comes with vitamin C for better absorption, hyaluronic acid, and biotin. So this is good for your skin, your hair, your nails, and your joints. And this is for both men and women. Next up, we have our immunity, which is a 7-in-1 vitamin. It has vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, echinacea, elderberry, black pepper, and garlic bulb. So this will give your immune system that extra boost. And lastly, we have our natural pre-workout. It does have 325 milligrams of natural caffeine from green tea. It is sweetened with stevia, and its purpose is energy, focus, and endurance. And for our listeners, we do have a discount code. If you visit our website, www.bcnsupps.com, you can use code BUILT, B-U-I-L-T, for 10% off. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Like when I tell people that we did it, and they're like, well, what what could it consist of? That's like the first thing I go to because everybody relates to it so quick. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, like, I expect to come home. Like, if you're a guy, like, I expect to come home. She's going to do the laundry, this and that. I'm like, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, I just worked 10 hours. I was like, do you think she was just sitting around for 10 hours? Like, like make the expectations. Like, right. you know, hey, I was going to take out the trash. You put a trash bag or just help each other out, stuff like right. that. If you don't have right. those conversations, it's like, I'm waiting for you to do it. And you're waiting for me to do it. Right. We never talk about it. And then exactly. you're bumping heads for no reason. Exactly. And that's yeah. the dumb things when people come in. I'm like, whoa, this is, this is totally fixable. <laughs> uh, but when you have the conversation ahead of time, then you already kind of know, you know, mm-hmm. before, you, before you even get into it. Yeah. Um, and, and my family, it was um, who does the cooking? And his mom was the cook and my stepdad was the cook. So were we never going to eat? Because I thought that the men cooked and he thought that the women cooked. And so we we settled that. We, we figured it out. And then we both learned together. We learned how to cook. Oh, nice. And then we had to go on a diet because we got good at cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it worked for me. Um, but, yeah, who, who does what around the home is, is definitely um, it's a good conversation to have because it can be a dumb fight later. So yeah. You're just pre-fighting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that now. Yeah. Well, before we move on from the money, do you usually get a saver and a spender? Not always. Sometimes oh, really? I get two spenders, which is horrifying. Oh, yes. And then sometimes <laughs> I get two savers. Yeah, they, they say usually you relate to money. Your style of money is either you're pretty much a saver or you're pretty much a spender. Um, and, and a saver and a spender is pretty healthy. Um, two spenders makes me very nervous for them, <laughs> not for me. Um, and two savers also makes me nervous. Like, okay, what, what exactly are we doing here? When is it's it okay to spend money? <laughs> All the time, there's nothing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always a fun conversation. If I get two of the same kind, like two savers or two spenders, I'll say, okay, so you're both spenders. Which one of you is more likely to save? Mm, <laughs> can okay. we, again, like the resolute mindset, who can we lean into like, you need to be aware of some saving options. Uh, yeah. just, just go spend everything all the time. You have nothing to show for it. So, <laughs> and know. I think it's important to know because then you can talk about maybe the saver should manage the money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, when when we were when we were talking, how did how did we do this? Because it also talked about how you do a budget. Um, uh-huh. And 
And you both said that you started a budget but never stuck to it. <laughs> We're gonna work on that yeah. after the after the Raul, honeymoon. We're cutting that out, Raul. <laughs> But yeah, usually when we talk about finances, I, I name one person to be like, you're the CFO. You okay. get to okay. you get to say, hey, we're having a conversation at least once a month, sometimes every paycheck. We're having a conversation about how our finances are looking because every month, even if you have consistent bills, sometimes you got mom's birthday or the vacation we're saving up for or, hey, it's Christmas. And whoops, we didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have no savers in the home, then you aren't ready for Christmas. Uh, so okay. we, we usually name one person to be like, I'll... I'll make sure that our bills are paid on time and I'll loop you in on how we're doing financially um, because because it's hard to, you were, again, so independently managing your own money and now it's like, I have to consider another person and how we're yeah. sharing money. So, yeah. yeah, it can get, that can get tricky. Mm-hmm. And people have a relationship with money, especially if money was tight when they were a kid. It's very mm-hmm. nerve-wracking to like, wait, you're, you're spending my money. Like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> We're married for life. This is just, just dump it all in one pot and we'll, we'll uh, work it out and pay, pay the bills and all the things. But there's a million different ways to creatively work that out. So Yeah. Is there something that they recommend when it comes to, should you have it all in one account or should you have... Simba's does not recommend no. anything oh, okay. like that. Um, they don't want to be liable for nothing. No, right. No, no, no. Um, I, I think it's, it's helpful to have a limit. Okay. So between the family and your limit can change if, if we got a raise or whatever. But I think if you have an individual limit, that helps. Okay. Um, and I think if you uh, have the frequent conversations, that helps a lot mm. um, because then you can be on the same page. And, and maybe I didn't see that coming that you were going to go spend that money, but at least I know about it. It wasn't a shocker mm. to me. Um, but having a conversation like, hey, I was thinking about buying this. Well, and my husband is famous about saying, uh, did you look it up on Amazon? <laughs> and sure enough, it was a whole lot cheaper on Amazon. I should have just, <laughs> just gone to buy it there. Yeah. Anyhow, but yeah, finances can be, uh, it can be a bear if it goes the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I don't know if we want to go down this path, but um, I usually on the finances page, I, I remind the lady, especially if the lady is a big spender and the, the husband is a big saver, um, I remind the lady that there is a responsibility on the husband as leader of the home and as provider and protector of the home that if the lady is out spending more money than either one of them collectively are bringing in, it's very, very stressful for the guy. So I try to remind, like, don't don't go out of your way to make your life difficult, right? You can yeah. have a conversation and respect your husband by not overspending, um, cause that, that can start a fight. You know, I'm out there working 10 hours a day and all you're doing is spending our money. Like, oh my goodness, no, it doesn't have to be like that. We can, we can keep the conversation of like, Hey, this is your limit. Or maybe this is your daily limit. <laughs> $10 a day. You can save up $5 and spend 50. <laughs> but you know, we, we gotta, um, gotta keep the communication open for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And you always hear, I don't know if it's true, but that money is like a big driver yeah. for divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody's got a relationship with it, mm-hmm. you know, and like, yeah. okay, but I, that's my money. I want to hang tight to it. Like, hold on. Uh, but yeah, uh, the irony is a divorce is very expensive. <laughs> so yeah. if you're fighting about money and you're going to get a divorce, you have even, even less money to fight about. Uh, so <laughs> just fix it. <laughs> just, yeah. just talk about it. Get on the same page yeah. and, and start to repair some of that, right? If we mm-hmm. got into debt, let's work together to repair it. Again, we're on this, we're clicked into this roller coaster together. Let's figure it out. Nothing, yeah. There's nothing that's not 
figure outable. Yeah. <laughs> Everything we can figure it out, you know. And we might need to go to a financial planner. We need, might need to get our ducks in a row. Um, mm-hmm. But it, anything is solvable. Yeah. So. And I also like that it tells you like what your insecurity is when it comes to money. Yes. It gives yes. four. Yes. What? What? How are you? Uh, why are you fearing? If we are low on funds and you feel yourself getting nervous and fearful, it might be um, because you are fearful that you won't have influence or fearful that you won't have security or fearful that you won't be respected or fearful that your dreams would not get realized. So if you and your fiance can figure out when that fear bubbles up in me, is that because we have a lack of security or we have a lack of respect or not getting our, our dreams met or not having influence? Like which one of those? Um, because we can probably quell some of that um, by just having having the conversation about it. Like this doesn't mean that we're not secure. We do have enough money for ramen and tuna. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you can kind of settle some of those fears because the, the fear usually – bubbles up and instead of saying I'm actually scared of this we lash out in anger Mm. because anger is easy to show it is uh, socially like yeah I just got mad so I spewed out some angry words Um, and what we don't really want to show is I am scared I'm so scared that we're not going to have enough Mm. to just make ends meet this month and instead of being vulnerable and saying I'm afraid of this we say it's because you do this. And we fuss and fight with each other. Like, Whoa, hold on a minute. If we can be open and say, I'm actually scared of this, um, then, then that's different. That's, that's mm-hmm. a deeper emotional connection for, right. for a couple to have. Anyhow, But you're not right. going to have that conversation before you're married because it's not going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing about 12 or 18 months in when you're like, oh, we got to get a handle on our finances. Yeah. So the conversation in Simbus is what's it going to look like? How are you going to do that? Don't forget to have the conversation at least once a month. This is our monthly Budget meeting. <laughs> Boring as that sounds. And then yeah. after that, we can have sex. <laughs> that is my alarm going off to pray for my one. Oh, sorry about that. It's okay. So, and then the next page, what does it talk about? Oh, the who does Context. what around the house, yes. Okay. Yes, more, more baggage of who does what around the house, which is also very interesting and helps solve some problems. <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite one, huh? Yeah, I think it, yeah. it's easiest relatable. Because of the trash bag. Oh. Wait, what's oh. a trash bag story? <laughs> I just, so in my house, right, so the guy would take out the trash, and then I guess I never put attention to who put on the trash bag. I don't know, but I just assumed that whenever he would take out the trash, he would put, oh, that's what it was. No, whoever took out the trash put on the trash bag. Ah. So he, and, and for him, it was like, I take out the trash, you put on the trash bag. No. <laughs> I took out the trash on the way to work. Oh. So you and didn't I come had back a time in. frame, mm-hmm. so I had to leave. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense. You're already there. You I don't need to in. throw anything away at the house. There doesn't <laughs> need to be a trash bag there. <laughs> so this page in particular, this um, who does what around the house, mm-hmm. there, every single one of these has multiple layers. Like mm-hmm. who takes out the trash? Multiple layers. Who, who does the laundry? Laundry has like... 15 steps, you know. Yeah. I hate laundry. <laughs> Wash, drive, take it from the washer to the dryer. I mean, there's a lot of things. Yeah. Um, my, my big takeaway, wherever we land on this, mm-hmm. is this is what we're saying works right now. But if we need to change something, we need to change it. Because if the dynamics change of who's working or who's uh, sick right now or um, I went out of town, I mean, my goodness, 
if you go out of town, somebody's got to take out the trash, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be uh, an opportunity to say, whatever we need to do around the house, I'm going to keep an eye peeled for it, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to help, right? I'm willing mm. to do all of it if I need to. Um, I think people go in. It's kind of like having a roommate, but also the roommate that you're in love with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people go in going, 50-50, we're going to do, we're, I'm going to do half, and you're going to do half, and that's not ever realistic, yeah. right? Because there's a time where uh, I do 50% and you do 0%. So then mm-hmm. half the stuff doesn't get done. That's not reasonable. So um, there, there's um, there's opportunities to I, I try to outdo my husband in showing honor. So I want to yeah, I know I, I know he enjoys having certain things done, um, and so I'm gonna race him to do that. Um, I, I try to tell couples to avoid the tit for tat. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I did it yesterday. It's your turn today. Yeah. No, no, no. The idea is we're on a team, and if you see something that needs to get done that's not num- normally your job, well, just go the extra mile and do it. Do it, help them out, right? They might be stressed out at work, and they might be in the middle of something that you didn't even know about, but they didn't get around to doing that today, and that's okay. I'll do it for you, and I'm not going to bring it up later and go, you didn't take out the trash. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's never lovely. <laughs> so to finish off that story, uh, I was doing. I guess eggs, but I was doing just the egg whites. So I had, so I grabbed all the shells with the yolk still in them, and I'm walking like this to the trash can, and there's no trash, oh. uh, no trash bag. Oh, so full. then I end up like dropping it all on the floor, and I messaged him. I was like, "It's your fault this happened." Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so glad that happened to you guys now. So, instead so of- now that we have it here, y'all leave in the comments <laughs> whose fault was leave it. In the- but now he takes out the trash and I put on the trash bag. Even uh, if he's home, it just became like something yeah. we do without thinking. The fault is the marriage counselor for not saying, what, you, what does taking out the trash mean to you, Juan? <laughs> what does taking out the trash What follow-up things we need to do after the trash bag is pulled out? We can have to book another session. <laughs> I love it. How to take out the trash in depth. Oh, fantastic. Anyhow, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hmm... If yeah, I think that section overall was pretty good for us. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And th- there, are th- there are some things that changes. It changes over time. Yeah. Like if we were to look at it, I'm mm-hmm. sure we're doing things differently now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, there, I, I will refer back to premarital counseling, but eventually it's just this is our life and how we do it together, right? This, this was to get you a head start on you already have the difficult conversation of who does what. And, and now that we're kind of working and things, things move in this direction, as long as I feel like we're helping each other and I'm not doing this by myself, I'm not pulling the whole load alone, that, that's the point. The point's that you, you, got, you got a partner that's helping you with it. So yeah. anyhow, and some of those things are uh, disciplining the children. Who's going to do that? <laughs> we don't yeah. even know yet. We'll figure it out when we <laughs> yeah. have children. But those are, well, those are conversations I've never really thought about it before. But Whoever's closer to the chancla. <laughs> <laughs> get out that sandal. Uh, I've never thought about it before, but it probably would be smart. You know, the, the big stressors when, when people really truly need to reach out and get another person. If, if you're going to counseling, it's because you're kind of at a, at a stall, like either uh, relationally or just as an individual, like I don't know how to move forward from this. And you're getting, you're inviting a third party person who doesn't have any skin in the game they're just trying to help you to see the bigger picture and like, hold on a minute with removing the emotion from it. Let's figure out, you know, what, what we can do from here. And, and in Christian counseling, let's use God's word to, to bring in like, what do you think God might want you to be doing next? 
Um, so anytime there's a significant change, if there's, um, I think of it like on your insurance. When you can change insurance is when you get married, when you get divorced, when someone is born, when someone dies, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you have a big uh, change like that and you kind of get stalled out, well, what should I do next? Then it might be reasonable to go see a counselor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have them talk through some things. And I just had the idea when we said this that it might be smart to have pre- Children counselor, like um, like maybe when you're pregnant, you should probably go sit down. Let's talk about what we're going to do for parenting. How's this going to work out? Who's do yeah, who's a, doing what? Right? I've never, yeah. I've literally never thought about that. Um, the family planning couple was cute, but it w- might be smart to okay. be like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> what does this look like? Um, because a big big change like that kind of necessitates. Yeah. Because yeah, I have no idea. No I idea. Youngest sibling <laughs> didn't take care of. Just clueless. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I see you guys on my schedule, I'll know what's up. <laughs> I love it. You didn't have to take care of anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got taken care of. Everybody take care of you. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm the oldest, so. I had a younger brother, but it's like a 10-year difference. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I'm also clueless, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> but that would, it would be good. It would be good to get on that same page, you know, like, okay, now we kind of know. Yeah. We have a game plan going in. If we have to change everything or scrap everything, at least we've talked it out and can can figure out what we're doing next, at least. Yeah. So, anyhow. I like that. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a future session. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it. And that's the that's the front half of Simbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can usually cover those pages with a couple. Uh, I, I usually meet with people four times, so I can usually cover those first half pages in the first two sessions. Um, but I, I was reading up on Simbus, and they said a uh, Simbus facilitator meets on average with each couple seven times. I was like, ooh, okay. I must be fast-forwarding <laughs> through some of these things. But um, I, I feel like I, I give you enough information and, and enough to talk between sessions. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. just scratch the surface, and then you guys go have a deeper conversation. So the back half of Simbus um, is when we talk about your personality and how your two personalities play nice together mm-hmm. um, or don't. Uh, that's rare because every personality has good pros and cons, right? There's no perfect person, no yeah. perfect personality. But the combinations sometimes get interesting, especially if you're polar opposites. Like, okay, mm. the way that uh, he's a he's very speedy uh, to get things done and you're very slow-paced and, and deliberate about everything, that's probably going to cause some tension when he's already decided on something that you haven't researched thoroughly yet. Um, mm. Or if you've got... a uh, somebody who's very much task oriented they've got the checklist and then another person who's all about people mm-hmm. and they're on such opposite ends of that that uh the people person is enjoying their relationships and the task master's like but we have not accomplished anything <laughs> <laughs> that can cause some friction so talking those things out um before you get into that mode of like why are you late oh because i was visiting with so-and-so well we have things to do you know <laughs> you know how your person's late because they're a people person and you're yeah. a task person anyhow so they talk through personality profiles and how your personalities play together um we we talk about strengths that you bring to the relationship and and one of my favorite things um, you're adding value to your own world by bringing in this spouse who knows you and knows the Lord and loves you and loves the Lord. And so any strengths that they bring, it's not just their strength anymore. It's now our strength, right? Mm-hmm. And so if there's something that you're like, I'm particularly terrible at that, and you find out that your spouse is good at it, like finances, right? Like I'm terrible at finances, but my husband is awesome at it. Thank you. Uh, thank God for that. But you, you, you find that his strengths is our strengths and my strengths is our strengths and we work together now. And same with weaknesses. If there's something that like, mm, 
I'm just not good at that. Can you can you go to bat for us on that? Because we're, we're one, and then I'm, I'm going to need some help with that. So we talk about strengths that you bring in. Um, we talk about how you view love. Um, we talk about uh, practically how you view love. Like it's nice uh, to be in a loving environment, or it's nice to have uh, people help me do things around the house. I, I brought you the uh, five love languages because that is a yeah, that is a basic so primer. That's a primer for uh, how we give love and receive love. Um, so. Uh, a lot of times spouses will a lot of times spouses will miscommunicate they'll miss each other because of the way that I express love is not the way that you receive love mm-hmm. so if I'm a big um, gift giver and you're not really you couldn't care less about gifts mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like well I'd like to spend time with you well I was busy gifting you I was out shopping for your gifts like no 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 I just want to spend time with you so we kind of can miss the mark um, so yeah. the idea is to love each other the way that that you receive love, right? If, you're, mm. if your spouse is quality time, even if that's not the way you usually share love, then pause on your gift buying and spend some time with them and, and connect in that way. So anyhow. Do you receive love the same way you give it? Like, is it the same? Not always, okay. not always. Um, uh, and and that's, where, that's where the problem is, is that, that the one spouse will be like, I am loving you. Right, mm. and like I'm, I'm loving you through physical touch, and the, their their spouse is like, yes, but my love language is acts of service, and so when I see you doing the dishes, I'm like, oh my goodness, they love me, mm. and when and when you when you have physical touch, and they're like, oh, they love me, right? So like it's yeah. it's about giving them what they need, and also also being willing to give give them what they need and and receive how anyhow it's about learning each other's language yeah (laughs) learning each other's language this works well for me Mm -hmm. um anyhow and then and then we get into all kinds of attitude and how your personality plays for attitude um how how to communicate um how to uh how how your gender plays i could go into any of these i don't know what what are you most Mm -hmm. interested in randa Well, I'll just mention real quick that it also talks about sex, which I oh, think is very yes, important. Oh, yes, it does. I, I, I'm happy to go there if you want to go there. <laughs> we don't have to, but just, yeah, for like the listeners. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's important. Because, for listeners, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, listeners, get ready. I'm about to get in your business. Um, <clears throat> so I take my married couples, and no matter what, um, on the very first day, I say, hi, nice to meet you, and then let's talk about your sex life. It's really really not a good <laughs> skill that I have. Um, but um, what I just assume going in is that most young adult couples are not following biblical principles, and, and they're being intimate with their fiancé because they're getting married. So um, I think we've taken a gift from God, which God, God thought of sex, and he designed sex that we could be completely vulnerable and be completely known and completely loved and as close as you're ever going to be to any other human being, God thought of that. It was his idea. He said, this is going to be good. We're going to put husbands and wives together. It's going to unite them. There, there are uh, soul ties uh, that, we, that we get into when we have sex with another person. And, and God thought of that. And he thought, this is so good. I'm going to let married people do this to bond them. And then we messed it up, and we started having sex with people that we weren't married to. Um, so on day one, I say, I'm just going to assume that you're having sex. And then I challenge you uh, to put a pause on that, no matter how long your wedding date is. Um, my first premarital counseling meeting was a year before our wedding day, and we were challenged to put a pause on anything that you might have been doing. 
um, because they just assumed that that was happening, um, and I could not deny it. And so here we were, putting a pause for a year. So I, I feel good that the pause that we put on in our personal world, wow, this got real personal, didn't it? <laughs> Welcome to the uh, listening audience. Um, anyhow, I felt like the pause that we put on that, uh, on our wedding night, was God's gift to us. It was God going, yes, this is what I designed for married couples so that you could know each other and you could you could absolutely be unashamed. And um, so I, I challenge my couples, whether they're getting married next year or next month, put a pause on this for a little bit. It will be such a reward because that is God's wedding gift to you. So um, that is always a hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to talk about your sex life and my sex life, and it's really great. Um, and then a couple weeks later, uh, on week number three, I believe, we actually go into um, sex and and what kind of what what kind of um, trying to like not look at you guys. I, I have Brianda and Juan's uh, Simba's report in front of me. I'm trying not to look at their actual details, what they answered. Um, but but we kind of try to flip over at this point because I already talked, talked to you and challenged you about putting a pause on physical intimacy on day number one, probably within the first 10 minutes of meeting you. Um, and then by week number three, we know each other pretty well and there's a page in Simba's about sex and it asks point blank, are you abstaining from sex? And so then I get to circle back with a couple and say, this, this says, you know, this says no. Are you, are you still not abstaining from sex? I'm like, no, 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 we took, a, took you up on your challenge. That's usually what happens, not 100% of the time, but usually what happens. Um, you can tell if they're being very nervous about it, like, oh, she brought that up on week one, and we're still, uh, anyhow. Um, uh, so so that's, that's the question, uh, the first question. And then they, they talk about three different things. Um, your desire, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you desire your spouse in, in a sexual way? Um, who do you expect to initiate sex? Is it me, you, or are we both doing this equally? Um, and then how often are you expecting to have sex? So those three things, your desire, who initiates, and then our frequency of sexual intimacy, those things are ongoing from your wedding day forward. Those will continue to be. The only thing that's different is you're not abstaining anymore. And I want to make sure that Married couples know that is God's gift to you. Use it. Use it well. There's no, like, of all the times that you sat in front of me and I said, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and now it's like, we're married people. This is what married people do. This is good. God wanted us to, to do this. So yeah. um, uh, uh, subtracting abstaining off of that radar, then your desire, you know, usually premarital desire is at an 11. <laughs> and I try to remind people, uh, number one, not only is it permissible, but your desire is going to ebb and flow. It's going to depend on the seasons and health concerns and what's going on in our family and um, stresses at work and all the things. So desire can can change over a lifetime. Um, who initiates, you know, uh, uh, that might change. What you what you put in on your Simmons report might not be the same as it is, you know, uh, five months after or five years after. Um, and then frequency, all those things are variable and and back to the communication if you're not talking about it and it becomes the taboo thing that we don't talk about then it gets weird mm. so if it's like hey you know what I really thought that we were going to be both equally initiating and it seems to be only me initiating lately like it's a, that's time to have a conversation and then not to be offended by it but like this is a t opportunity to be that much more connected to each other it's about being vulnerable and open and and god god wants you to have a great sex life as a married couple and he wants you to put a pause on it if you're not married yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said about how it uh, bonds the souls as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And right. 
when they go sleeping around different people, it's like they're creating bonds yeah. with so many people. And then I feel like that leaves some kind of trauma. Yeah, on them. it's heartbreaking, I think, because yeah. then it's like, like you said, we're practicing divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, then how do you say this is the one for me and this is the only other person that I'm ever having sex with and I've been you know, active before with a bunch of other people, like, whoa, it, it is a mind shifter. I think it's a mind shift. Um, and also that that this is not just legal from God's perspective, but he wants you to have sex. Like, this yeah. is a way to unite. This is a, a makeup sex is a very real thing, you know? Like, we had a big, we had a big discussion and oh, things were tense and let's let's get back together and make this right again. Um, so mm-hmm. anyhow, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It was intended to be a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. So... And then the the last part is what uh, like how you interact with the family, and then um, the last part uh-huh. is uh, your attitude when things when things don't go your way. Uh-huh. Um, so when when something the bottom falls out of something, and how do we do on that? And are you the kind of person that has resilience and comes back and says, "Hold on a minute," um, or are you the kind of person that goes? the end of the world is here and and this is never going to work out. So, <laughs> um, And I always tell couples it might be the thing that happened to you or to your family of origin, or it might be the thing that happened to me or my family of origin, or it might be the thing that happened to us. And my takeaway on that is whatever, whenever the rug gets yanked out from underneath you, that the intention of that was that you would fall on your knees and pray because somebody's got to remember, whether it's my situation or your situation, if somebody lost their job today, we need to stop and pray. Mm-hmm. I don't care who remembers to do it. We just <laughs> we have to go, okay, God, this is not a surprise to you. We are totally shocked, but let's pray about this. So that's yeah. that's kind of my my take on your attitude because it might change. If it's, you know, if it's your situation, my heart goes out to you, but it's also not my world. It's our our situation that we need to stop, drop, and pray this thing out. So yeah. I don't I like know that it. I made that point very well. But yeah, like <laughs> at the it. end of the day, the bottom line is we should be praying more mm-hmm. <laughs> and praying together. That That mm-hmm. is the big takeaway for the spirituality. Like I, I feel like prayer is uh, just relational super glue for husbands and wives. If, if you can say, hey, here's what's going on with me. And the idea is not to have those superficial conversations. That's going to happen. Logistics. Hey, I, I got the trash. Okay, cool. I got the trash bag. You know, like mm-hmm. logistics are fine, but having a deep conversation of here's what's on my heart. Here's what's going on in my world. Here's how you can be praying for me. And then praying with each other. Mm -hmm. Then in the afternoon, like, hey, how'd that go? Hey, I was praying for you during that time. Oh, this is so, right? Then that's just a sweetness between you that you're, you you got this. It's going to be so good. Anyhow, prayer, Mm -hmm. prayer, spiritual super glue. Ah, um, communication, communication. Anyhow, I zipped ahead. I zipped right on ahead to spirituality. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize for that. No, it's okay. It's very important. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Yeah, I was telling Juan that, or I think I might have mentioned it earlier already, that that was one one of my things. If we don't have the same values or beliefs, it's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's very important. Agreed, and then agreed. you're going to teach your kids, kids the same thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pre, pre-children counseling. <laughs> Got to get on the same page. <laughs> what do we think is yeah. important? Uh, yeah, so communi- communicating is probably the, the biggest. If I could take all the pages away and just say, let's talk about communication. Um, if there's something that's a problem between you and your spouse or, or you and your fiancé or, or somebody that you're dating and you're not talking about it, then it becomes a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to go, well, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, hold on a minute. You're saying, I've noticed this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open with vulnerability that this makes me concerned. Mm-hmm. And so if we can have that kind of conversation or 
Maybe we have the conversation where we go, never mind, we actually don't agree on this. And so this is a deal breaker for us, right? Like mm -hmm. you want to know before you get married to them if right. you've got any deal breakers like that. So um, mm -hmm. communication is huge. And uh, Simbus does require you to write down things that you know that you'd like to improve. That one always makes me nervous because it's like, it's like Brianna saying, I know I'm terrible at this. Don't judge me. Just encourage me and cheer me on, Juan, when I do it better. <laughs> right? And vice versa, right? So uh, everybody's, everybody's got things they can improve on. So yeah. I think knowing, knowing that and knowing that you know that about yourself and knowing that your spouse knows that about you, mm -hmm. huh, when you see me doing well with that, then hooray. And when you don't see me doing well, permission granted to say, hey, I, that's something that we need to keep being working on because I see you falling into that same pit over and over again mm. anyway <laughs> yeah yeah and that's you also want to pick someone who's going to make you better or yes. help you yes absolutely we're yeah. always growing right yeah I'm not the same person I was 23 years ago my spouse has done an amazing job of listening to me I think his ears have fallen off multiple times <laughs> <laughs> he listens to me ramble about all kinds of things uh but but we love each other and we're in it together, and, and yes, we do definitely grow and change, and mm -hmm. it's about, okay, I, I, um, we're in this thing. We're in it together. Anyhow, yeah. communicating is supreme importance. If you take nothing else away, have a conversation. Even if it's a weird conversation about money or weird conversation about sex, <laughs> have a conversation. Um, yeah. Or if it's a conversation that you don't want to have and you want to schedule an appointment with a counselor to talk things over, have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will talk in a session where they probably could have had the same conversation on their couch because um. they've got a heart for each other. They love each other. They want to do the right thing, but it's, it's all of a sudden they're saying things out loud and they're saying things to me. And I'm like, you should probably say this to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lovely for me to hear how, how much you love your spouse, but also you could tell your spouse they're right here sitting next to you. Um, yeah. So anyhow, communication can be tough because it is like unveiling. These are my deepest thoughts. And I'm going to share them with you. And then that person, I always say, if they, sh if your spouse shares something with you that is so close to the heart that they start with, I don't tell a lot of people this, but this has been rumbling around I'm, and I've been talking to God about it. I'm going to share this with you. When they share that kind of thing with you, your response should be, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Mm. That must have been so hard for you to tell me, but I, I love you that much more because mm -hmm. you shared that with me. So thank you. That's a conversation that, that bonds us together. A yeah. lot of times we get into conversations that mm, drive a wedge. Like, well, you would think that because you're just weird like that. Like, well, that, that's not the right response. When your spouse is being vulnerable, the right response is, oh, my goodness, that must have been so hard for you to share. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know you better now, and I love you more now. I can love you better now because I know that about you. And I didn't know that before. And so I appreciate you opening that and let me understand you better. So anyhow, yeah, heart, heart to heart is important. Yeah, yeah, this was an awesome episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. I'm sure people listening learned a lot, and if they're at home and they're like, you know what, maybe I need to go to counseling. Can they reach out to you yeah, or talk to somebody? Uh, sure. Yes, yeah. or, or you how can. Does it work? Uh, wow. Let's see. How do you reach <laughs> out? Um, let's see. Or do they have to go through New Hope? They need if if you if you attend New Hope Church, which mm -hmm. that would be awesome. Um, okay. Then call the church and we can get you set up. If you um, if you're looking for a counselor in your area, most license holders um, have a page on Psychology Today. 
um, psychologytoday.com. You can search by zip code. You can search by gender. If you want a certain um, gender, you can search Christian counselors. You can search um, by insurance because a lot of insurance, mm-hmm. health insurance covers for counseling. Okay. Um, even marriage counseling, health insurance will sometimes cover for. Um, some people have uh, an employee assistance program that okay. they can call their their HR department has set up. If you have a large company, your HR department has set up your employee assistance program. HR just pays for it. They have no idea whether or not you've used it. So you usually get like four to six sessions a year. Use it. It's free counseling to you. It's usually over the phone or on a video chat, but that's a good way. Um, The thing I would tell people if they're considering counseling, if you want a Christian counselor, you have to ask for a Christian counselor. If you get somebody on the phone and say, can you do Christian counseling with me? That gives them permission to bring their faith into the conversation. They can talk about God, the Bible. They can pray with you. They can talk about Jesus. They can talk about anything about that if the client initiates the request. If you call a Christian counselor and ask for counseling and you go to meet with them and you never bring up, I want my faith to be part of this, they are bound by their license to not talk about anything related to faith, okay? Because okay. the license is held by the state, and it's a separation of state and church. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you call the church, then you've asked for Christian counseling by calling the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're just calling somebody from Psychology Today, even if they're listed on Psychology Today as a Christian counselor, when you call them, the first question you say is, do you do Christian counseling? And then that gives them permission to go there with you. Mm-hmm. And then okay. if you don't want Christian counseling, just don't mention it because they're not allowed to say mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but um, it's been a big, a big, big benefit to a lot of people to mm-hmm. be able to get wise counsel from yes. somebody other than themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so. Absolutely. Do you have anything else before we go? No, it was just yeah. it was a good episode. Yeah. I really liked revisiting some of the things, rethinking about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, Appreciate thank you, you so guys. much. Yeah, thank yeah. y'all. Have a good one. Thank you. And for you guys, uh, make sure if you like the episode, give it a like, give it a review, subscribe. I don't know if you're on YouTube or Spotify, um, but it helps if you interact with us. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to Built From The Inside Out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with someone who could benefit from it. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to stay connected. And here's a special treat for our loyal listeners. Use code BUILT at www.bcnsubs.com for a 10% discount on your next order of BCN supplements. Thank you for being part of our supportive community. We're glad you're here. And we hope you'll join us again in the next episode of Built from the Inside Out.